Preface to the Old Curiosity Shop This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Mill Nicholson The Old Curiosity Shop by Charles Dickens Preface In April 1840, I issued the first number of a new weekly publication, Price Threepence, called Master Humphrey's Clock. It was intended to consist, for the most part, of detached papers, but was to include one continuous story, to be resumed, from time to time, with such indefinite intervals between each period of resumption as might best accord with the exigencies and capabilities of the proposed miscellany. The first chapter of this tale appeared in the fourth number of Master Humphrey's Clock, when I had already been made uneasy by the desultory character of that work, and when, I believe, my readers had thoroughly participated in the feeling. The commencement of a story was a great satisfaction to me, and I had reason to believe that my readers participated in this feeling too. Hence, being pledged to some interruptions and some pursuit of the original design, I set cheerfully about disentangling myself from those impediments as fast as I could, and, that done, from that time until its completion, the old curiosity shop was written and published from week to week in weekly parts. When the story was finished, that it might be freed from the encumbrance of associations and interruptions with which it had no kind of concern, I caused the few sheets of Master Humphrey's clock, which had been printed in connection with it, to be cancelled, and, like the unfinished tale of the windy night and the notary in The Sentimental Journey, they became the property of the trunk-maker and the butter-man. I was especially unwilling, I confess, to enrich those respectable trades with the opening paper of the abandoned design, in which Master Humphrey described himself and his manner of life. Though I now affect to make the confession philosophically, as referring to a bygone emotion, I am conscious that my pen winces a little, even while I write these words. But it was done, and wisely done, and Master Humphrey's clock, as originally constructed, became one of the lost books of the earth, which, we all know, are far more precious than any that can be read for love or money. In reference to the tale itself, I desire to say very little here. The many friends it won me, and the many hearts it turned to me when they were full of private sorrow, invested with an interest in my mind which is not a public one, and the rightful place of which appears to be a more removed ground. I will merely observe, therefore, that, in writing the book, I had it always in my fancy to surround the lonely figure of the child with grotesque and wild, but not impossible, companions, and to gather about her innocent face and pure intentions associates as strange and uncongenial as the grim objects that are about her bed when her history is first foreshadowed. Master Humphrey, before his devotion to the trunk and butter business, was originally supposed to be the narrator of the story. As it was constructed from the beginning, however, with a view to separate publication when completed, his demise has not involved the necessity of any alteration. I have a mournful pride in one recollection associated with little Nell. While she was yet upon her wanderings, not then concluded, there appeared in a literary journal, 
an essay of which she was the principal theme, so earnestly, so eloquently and tenderly appreciative of her, and of all her shadowy kith and kin, that it would have been insensibility in me, if I could have read it without an unusual glow of pleasure and encouragement. Long afterwards, and when I had come to know him well, and to see him, stout of heart, going slowly down into his grave, I knew the writer of that essay to be Thomas Hood. End of Preface